Are you ready for the word? Yes. You're going to enjoy it today because we are adding on what we've been talking about concerning vision. I'm hoping, Barcelona, with what you are listening to, it's not just notes you are taking. I'm hoping that you are really putting into practice what you are learning. Amen. And uh, so much has happened already. I mean, Kirikai today. Kiri 15 Mara, so much has happened. Can't believe that it's just 15 days into January because that's the nature of life. Life quickly passes by. Days quickly pass by. And if you don't use those days, and if you don't leverage those days, you're going to have a problem. But it also means life is not static. Life does not stand still. Life unfolds. And vision by nature unfolds. Vision is not static. You know, when you take a picture like, you see this favorite picture of mine. I love this picture here. The first goal that was scored in the World Cup of 2010. And uh, we have this picture of Shaba scoring that goal. See, this picture, when it was taken, it, it captures a specific moment. But what it does is it freezes a moment. All right? So when you see this picture, you see this moment, and this moment is static. That's what happens when you take a snapshot, when you take a picture, right? Now, life is not like this. Life is not static, right? Even if it happens in snapshots, there are moments in your life where specific things are happening, but life unfolds like a video. Watch this next one. Those of you who are watching the World Cup recently, I don't know if you remember this. Messi, accelerating away from Vardiol, twisting him, turning him, getting behind him, setting it up on the rise. Isn't that amazing? I mean, look at that. Now, you don't know what's going to happen with at that point. When he's running to the corner, you don't know what's going to happen. If you had to press the, press the pause button, you wouldn't know the end of the story. But as you allow the video to play, you end up knowing what's going to finally happen. Are you understand what I'm saying? So listen to this. Your life is like a video. And vision in your life is like a video. It's not frozen. It's not static. Vision unfolds. Unfortunately, what Satan does in many people's lives is to freeze moments where Satan wants to rub into your face the things that happened in the past. Moments that happened. Things that took place. And he wants to remind you again and again and again and again of what happened. But what he doesn't tell you is that your life unfolds. Vision unfolds. Even if you may have certain moments where certain things happened, you are not stuck to those moments and you are not frozen to those moments. Tell your neighbor, you are not frozen to any moment, no matter what happened. No matter what happened in your life. And so, it's important that we must understand that we must constantly strive to pursue the unfolding of our vision and refuse to be frozen, imprisoned in our past. In other words, we must develop the discipline to reach out and grab the future that God has planned for us because we are people of vision. 
Can I hear an amen? amen? Listen what God says about you in Jeremiah 29, 11 in the Good News Bible. It reads as follows. I alone know the plans I have for you. Oh, I thought I'd hear a better amen than that. This is God speaking. This is God speaking. He says to Jeremiah and to the rest of us, I alone know the plans I have for you, plans to bring you prosperity. So if you're not prospering yet, don't worry when I go higher. It is just around the corner. It's on the way. And prosperity is not just about money. Prosperity is about wellness. Things working out well. Things being well in your life, spiritually, financially, in your health, vocationally, relationally, and all the other analyses. And God says, you are going to prosper. Listen what he says. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to bring prosperity and no disaster. Maybe right now, when you look at your life, let's have that shot of Shabbat. You have a frozen picture of your life. A time when disaster happened and Satan takes a picture and he freezes that and he wants to convince you this is your destiny. A frozen picture is not your destiny. It, it is something that has happened to you, but that is not your destiny. So you mustn't allow yourself for that. Let's read that verse again. I alone know the plans I have for you. Plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster. Note, plans to bring about the future you hope for. Therefore, you must intentionally and consciously always remind yourself that my life as a visionary is unfolding. Tell your neighbor, my life as a visionary is unfolding. Tell, 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 tell the other person, my life, my life, nah, my life as a visionary is unfolding. Tell them, tell them again, they don't believe you, tell them. Mama, tell him, tell him he doesn't believe you. Tell him, tell him, my life, I'm watching you. Tell him, my life as a visionary is unfolding. <laughs> I love couples. It's, I think this church makes people renew their love vows when they sit next to each other. Yes, I'm telling you, Bazalana, you just come to the church, you'll see when you live with your wife, you'll be more in love than when you came in through the doors. Literally next to each other like this. I'm watching them. Jesus. Tell your neighbor again, my life as a visionary is unfolding. Say, them to the, say this to them again, my future looks better than my past. Tell them again, my future looks better than my past. And that is true because vision by nature unfolds. Your life by nature unfolds. For that reason, refuse to be chained to your past. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 3.13. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended or to have arrived. Eh? He says, but this one thing I do, I love it, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So you forget what's behind, you reach forth to what is before. Can I hear a good amen? amen? In the Bible, in basic English, it reads, Brothers, it's clear to me that I have not come to that knowledge. But one thing I do, letting go those things which are past. And stretching out. Somebody says, I'm stretching. Somebody say, I am reaching. I am 
Somebody say, I am striving. That suggests effort. That suggests if you don't reach, if you don't strive, if you don't stretch to those things which are before you, if you don't reach out as a visionary, if you don't reach out as somebody whose life is unfolding, you're going to be stuck in a static state in your life, always going around in circles and never moving on in your life. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Listen to the next the next version, the contemporary English version says, my friends, I don't feel that I've already arrived. Tell your neighbor that it's, that's not all to me that you're seeing right now. Yeah, tell them, I'm not, that's not all there is to me. Listen to what it says. It says, but I forget what is behind. And I love it in the contemporary English version. It says, and I struggle for what is ahead because Barcelona, you have to fight for your vision. Are you there? You have to reach forth. You have to strive. You have to struggle. You have to work hard because there are forces out there that want you to be static. They want to keep a picture of your past reminding you, beating you over the head, over the things of yesterday. But we're not going to allow the devil to do that because we are men and women of vision. If you are a man and a woman of vision, can I hear a good amen in the house? Because you are a man of vision. Hallelujah. And so... This is why it's important for us then to understand what Proverbs 29, 18 is saying to us. I want to show you something that you may not have thought of. Proverbs 29, 18 in the King James Version reads, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision. So in other words, how sin a vision, you, know, you perish. The word perish is interesting. It's got many meanings, but one of the meanings is you run like a wild, untamed horse. In other words, you go in circles, you have no direction, you don't know where you're going, and the word perish also means to be disheartened, to be dispirited. When people have no vision, you know, they, they become passengers in life. They don't have any zest. They don't have any, like you young people say, vim, vigor, or vitality. They, they don't leave those people, they just exist. You know, there are people who are just looking forward to the sun rising and the sun setting. Anything. Nothing drives them. Nothing excites them. Nothing makes them angry. Nothing makes them laugh like some people sitting next to you. It doesn't matter what they say. They don't say amen. They don't laugh. They don't say aina. They don't raise their hands. They don't say nothing. Look at them and say, how vuga, pela, how vuga. How come back from the dead? So it says here, where there is no vision, watch this now, the people perish. Let me read you in other translations because you need to understand this more. It was so exciting when I studied this to see that the word vision is so significant. The Revised Standard Version says, where there is no prophecy, the people cast off restraint. To cast off restraint, it means you just throw caution to the wind. You know, there are people who have just thrown their hands in the air and say, whatever. How many of you are sitting next to a whatever kind of Christian? No, no, whatever. In other words, they are not even attempting anything. They've left their life to fate. They have abandoned their future to coincidence. They have decided to become a passenger in life instead of a participator in life. 
They're expecting circumstances to drive them to a specific destiny. And I hope you're not one of those people. I hope I'm not preaching to people like that this morning. So it says, where there is no prophecy, the people cast off restraint. Remember that word prophecy. Remember, prophecy by nature reveals the future. So it says, where there's no prophecy or where there's no vision. So it means vision, listen to me, vision therefore has the properties of being prophetic. I will explain later. So vision by nature has got properties of being prophetic. The NIV says, where there is no revelation, the word reveal suggests that there is an unfolding a discovering. You start at a point where you see in part, but as things get revealed, the picture becomes clearer. So vision, therefore, becomes clearer. Vision has prophetic elements to it. So vision, therefore, means it unfolds. Vision becomes real. Vision unfolds and reveals the future. Because prophecy and revelation unfold the future. So let's do our, our, our Grace Bible Church mathematic equation. Like you young people say, it's an equation of math. Okay, so let's do our, our, our math equation. If prophecy equals revelation and revelation equals vision, And if prophecy and revelation reveal the future and unfold, therefore, (laughs) therefore it means vision by nature unfolds the future. Wow. So it means vision, therefore, is a progressive revelation. You start somewhere, you're going somewhere. At a certain point, you may be static, At a certain point, there are things that you see, but what you see is not your destiny. What you see is where you are right now. Mara, where you are right now is not where you're going to be tomorrow, and it's not where God is taking you. God says, I have plans for you. It's plans for the future, future, future. It's something for tomorrow. It's something that reveals. It is something that is progressive. You may be where you are today, Mara. That's not where you're going to end up. So stop taking pictures of where you are today and don't allow the devil to remind you of where you are today because where you are today is not your final destination. Can somebody shout hallelujah in the house? So vision therefore unfolds the future. So how is a vision? It's a problem. People become static. God's solution to moving a life forward that's static is to give vision. That's why when you read the Bible, anytime when Israel got into a mess, it is when there was no vision. 
And any time when they were in that situation, any difficult situation, God would raise up prophets who would give them prophecy. And the prophecy was talking about what's coming in the future. Because the only way to unlock and unstuck a person from where they are is to give them a picture of a preferable future. There's a time in the nation of Israel when Eli the priest was leading. And the nation of Israel at this time was so backslidden that the Bible says this in 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. It says, the young Samuel was the servant of the Lord before Eli. So Samuel was young at the time. And in those days, the Lord kept his word secret from men. Underline that. The Lord kept his word secret from men. You see, once God stopped speaking, <laughs> once the revelation of God's word doesn't strike your spirit, thing. It says, God kept his word from men. Then it says, there was no open vision in those days. Because you see, Israel was a nation led by God, and God had his spokespeople. The prophets, the priests, and people who served in the temple. God would bring prophecies. God would raise up people who would lead. And they would come with a prophetic utterance. They'd come with a vision. Remember when Israel was disgruntled after they couldn't rebuild the walls when they came back from Babylonian captivity. In the book of Nehemiah. And the people there were totally disgruntled. So disgruntled that they had attempted several projects that failed. That's what happens in life. When projects begin to fail, People abandon the project. You know, it's one thing to abandon a project, but it's even worse to get to a point where you concede to the fact that you can't do anything about it. And at the time of Nehemiah, not only did people fail to rebuild the wall, the morale of the people was broken. And what, what happens? When Nehemiah heard about the state of his nation, what did he do? He went on his knees, prayed before God, he went around the nation to do a feasibility study. And then the next thing that happened, God ignited a vision in him. Because the solution to getting people unstuck is to ignite vision on the inside of them. Oh, God is going to ignite vision on the inside of some of you. Are you stuck? Are you going around in circles? Is your life not progressing in any way? God's going to infuse vision. God's going to give you a picture of a preferable future. So what happens? Nehemiah, after that, after he sees that, what does he do? He calls the nation together. And he starts addressing people. Because God's gift to leaders is vision. I thank God for vision. Because that's how we leaders can rally people for a common purpose. When, when, when the nation is going down, when things are falling off, when things are disintegrating, the normal, regular, everyday person on the street concedes to that. They start talking about the problem. They start embracing the problem. They start saying, well, there's nothing that we can do about it. But not so for a leader. I said not so for a leader. And not so for a visionary. Come on, Emma, can I hear an amen in the house? 
Yeah. People who don't have vision, they, they submit to the status quo. They allow their lives to be ruled by what is popular. They listen to people that say, you can't do this, you can't do this. Because of that and because of that. My goodness, when you have a vision, you say, no, this is where we are. This is the picture that I'm seeing. But listen, my, my life is not stuck. My life is not static. I've got vision in my heart. Can I hear a good amen? So he says, in these days, there was no open vision. That's what it says. The literal translation reads, it says, and the word of Jehovah was rare in those days, and there was no breakthrough vision. See, the expression breakthrough tells you that you have to push through certain things. You have to break through certain seasons. You can't stay cocooned by certain things. You can't stay in prison of being ordinary and failure and the prison of bad things. You got to break through. Matter what causes breakthrough is vision. If the word of the Lord was read those days and there was no breakthrough vision, which means the word of the Lord by nature unlocks us from a moment where we are held in. People in these days were locked in their moment. People in these days were tied to their past. People in these days were frozen in their season. People in these days were imprisoned to circumstances. Why? Because it says there was no vision. There was no prophecy. There was no revelation. In other words, there was nothing that inspired them with a picture of a preferable future. Yeah, yeah. I pray that God will raise some of you in your homes, in your family lineage, to give vision to the family lineage. Oh, I'm prophesying to somebody in the house. I pray that God will do the same in your company, in your school, in your community. I pray that God will do the same thing in the church. Can I hear a good amen? That God, yeah. God has to raise somebody. Somebody who will talk differently. Somebody who will believe differently. Somebody who will have a different way of behaving. But you will not be able to do that if you are hanging around people who don't have vision at all. You've got to hang around visionary. Hang around people who believe things can be done. Hang around environments that are empowering environments. That when you come from that environment, you believe it can be done. Can I hear a good amen? Once more, Barcelona, allow me to repeat it. In the 80s, as I traveled and went to attend Rema Bible Church, as a young man from Soweto, in the 80s at the height of apartheid, when I had to use a train and a bus to attend the service, going to conferences like you have come to the church today. Barcelona, never ever worry if you have to travel a long way to attend a church service where you know when I'm there, something happens to me. Yeah. Go to environments that will feed your visionary nature. Yeah. As I sat in the service, I remember listening to the preaching, sitting at the back choir because I, I didn't arrive on time. You know? I mean, taxis and buses, they determine when you arrive. So you'll be at the back there. 
And when offering time came, I didn't have money to give. Because I'd spend my money on the transport. See the guy next to you when money was money giving 100 rands. When 100 rands was like 1,000 rands those days. When you don't even have anything. Oh, you know, offering it. You are under the spirit. Jesus. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah. When I was working and I was eating brown bread with peanut butter, cheese and milk. That's what I had. I had no money to buy the humbuga. That's the hamburger. That's what I thought it was called. But you know something? I didn't realize as I sat there and listening to the word, I didn't realize what was happening to me. I'm being honest with you. I didn't realize that much as my circumstances were not changing, Nakamona, I was changing. Come on, come on. Ah, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. That's why the Bible says the entrance of his word brings light. Light has to do with revelation. Light has to do with prophetic. When the word enters your heart, even if your situation might not be different, Marawena, you are a different person. I see you being a different person. Yeah. I didn't realize that God is taking the paintbrush of the Holy Spirit and drawing on the canvas of my heart a picture of a preferable future. I didn't know what was happening to me. That's why, Basalana, whatever you expose yourself to is going to determine where you are going in life. Expose yourself to environments that are going to take you in the direction of God's will for your life. Can I hear an amen in the house? And very soon I realized I began believing differently. And then I started talking differently. And my friends, you know what they say? Uzens are better. I was not making myself better. I was starting to see a picture of a different life. That I can lead a church. It can be a growing church. It can be a mega church. We can build a building for ourselves. We don't have to go and ask money from white people or from America. I, I started thinking like that. And I started saying that. I, I see you changing. I see something about you. Oh, I said, I see you in your family talking differently. I see you in your community talking differently. Your background is not your future. Where you were born, you are not supposed to be stuck there. Be a man and a woman of vision. Can I hear an amen? Something was changing. Why? Because God's solution to a stuck life is to infuse vision in the heart of a person. That's why some of you are starting to think so different. And sometimes when we call him, the problem is that your mind is trying to give you a still shot. Your heart is trying to give you a video, a life that is unfolding. Ah, that's right. That's what you must do. You must give the Lord a big hand. <laughs> That's why where there's no vision, people perish. Now note this. The word vision, hantle hantle, is derived from Latin. It's an Anglo-French word, vision, but it's borrowed, hantle hantle, from Latin. A lot of English words and 
French words are borrowed from Latin. The, the word in, 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 for vision in Latin is the word videre. V-I-D-E-R-E, videre. And that word videre is a very interesting word. It describes the capacity to be forward-looking. The capacity to be forward-looking. That word describes the capacity to be foresighted. So you are forward-looking, you are foresighted. Very interesting. The word videre is derived from the word vide, V-I-D-E. And the word vide is the word from which the word video is derived. So vision, the ability to be forward-looking, to be foresighted. Derived from vide, vide means video. So video, therefore, Mamela, carries similar characteristics as vision. Or vision carries similar characteristics as a video. Let me try and remind you again. Let's have that still shot here, Shaba, and just show you. Let's have the still shot. Now, when they started making videos, Ronaldo Udile, back those days when we, we used to watch black and white films. How many of you used to watch black and white films? Can I, can I, yeah? Then let me see how many people are of my age group here. Not, not, yeah, okay. Not many. The number seems to be decreasing more and more and more and more. There was a time when there were no videos and the pictures used to be black and white. So this, you take it through a camera, all right? So a camera that has a film that when you operate the camera, it captures and transfers the moment onto a film in a static form. But then they progressed to start making films. And, and, and films those days used to be reel-to-reel -reel films. I don't know if you, you remember, they used to have these big reels of film with a projector. So what they do is they take this reel of film, feed it through the projector, now, the film was made up of many, many still shots. This is important. This is important. We, we used to go and watch those movies, and we didn't have cinemas like you young people. And there were no fancy cinemas like you have. People used to show bioscope anyway. In, 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 in Mulapo here, there's a man called Mulapo who used to turn his whole garage into a cinema. So we used to go to Costexin to watch a song. When they make a movie, the video machine that they use to capture the film, it takes a lot of still shots. But when you take those still shots and run them through the light at a certain speed, you see a continual movement. So in other words, continual movement is made up of many moments of still shots. Many times and many sections of your life, because you see, you, 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 your life, you live it one day at a time. But it is the everyday one day at a time that make up the whole journey of life. 
Are, are you there, Barcelona? Yes. Are, you, are you there, Barcelona? So, here's the issue. When you are playing a video, let's have Lionel Messi again there. When you are playing a video, and if you can pause him at a point, let, let's have that one. When you, have, when you are playing a video, are they listening to me at the back? That's not, yeah, just pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it right there. Pause, pause there. Now, if you stop there, you'll never know the end of the story. Because it's a frozen moment. If you stop there, you will never even know that a goal happened. Because it's a frozen moment. What Satan wants to do with your life, that's what he wants to do. You have a moment where things happen that are not nice. He freezes it. And every time you come and pray, he reminds you, Ruabon. Now watch. If, I, I understand what I'm saying. If you understand vision, Paul says, I forget the past. I'm reaching forth to what's ahead. So let's, un, let's, let's press the pause, but let's unpause that. You see now, that's, that's where the story ends. If you allow life to unfold, you'll find out that you will have scored a goal finally. But there's a moment when you thought you didn't do anything. So, thank you for that. So, vision carries similar characteristics as a video. Vision unfolds the story like a video unfolds the story. But a video only unfolds the story when you continue playing the video. As long as you don't stop, you don't pause. The story unfolds in the same way. When you have vision, you must start walking it out. You must start putting it into action and continue walking. Because as, as your vision unfolds, you're going to experience lots of problems on the way. Now, Mamela, many people, when they start experiencing problems, they press the pause button. Don't press the pause button. Allow life to continue happening. Because vision becomes clearer with time. Mara, the path of vision is not a straight path. And what the devil wants is when you are having a problem in your life at that time, or a detour in your life, or a setback in your life, he wants to take a picture of that and show it to you all the time and say, see, you are not going anywhere. I've learned as a visionary that it takes a lot of effort for vision to be fulfilled. But the key is me. The key is to continue on the path of vision. When we built this place, Barcelona, and I always tell people, particularly pastors who are trying to build a church, and I say, don't ever believe what your quantity surveyor tells you. When he says this building is going to cost you two million. If I had two million, add another two. And don't believe them when they say the project will be done in six months. Add another six months because there are unforeseen circumstances in any vision. Unforeseen circumstances that cost more money and that take more time. This site alone, when we started preparing to build here, we discovered that there's a servitude that's running through this uh, property alone. Hariyako maspala. Hariyako maspala. To tell them about this servitude, we find out that they didn't have it on their plans. 
Yeah, they didn't have it. They didn't know about it. They found out about it from us. But Mamela, we only found out about it when we started digging. <laughs> you see, that's why people who haven't started with their vision, they don't, they don't appreciate people who are having problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to criticize when you haven't started. It's easy to criticize when you are still Wenanjena. You are theoretic about your destiny. I was telling them in the morning service, that's why when you go to the, to the soccer stadium, you know, it's very interesting how much the spectators know more about what must be done than the people who are playing. You know, when you're sitting in the spectator session, but out here, why is I so Why is I Oh, I'm a missy penalty, Joe. Never ever eating Jane and I said, Kalin. Mara, we spectate Oxala, you're a spectator. Because it is people who are spectators who are the biggest critics. Why? Because when you are watching somebody doing something, you take it for granted that it is easy to take a penalty. It's up until you get in there and you feel the pressure. And that's why when you are a visionary and you are somebody who, who does things, when you see other people fail, instead of criticizing, you run around and you put a, your arm around their shoulder because you know you were there at some point. Yeah. So vision is never a straight line. When God told Joseph, you're going to rule over your brothers, Joseph thought it's going to happen tomorrow. Because when God tells you about your destiny, he doesn't tell you how long it's going to take you to get there. Nor does he tell you the route that is going to take. When he speaks, you think it's a straight route. Now God knows he's, you're going to be thrown into the, to the pit. You're going to be thrown into slavery. You're going to go to jail. Potiphar is going to happen. And all these things on your way to ruling over your brothers. Why? Because what God does through you is determined more by what God does in you. How God builds you on the inside on your way to achieving vision is more important to God than the final product called vision. David had to be trained in compassion, in forgiveness. He had to be trained in patience so that once he gets into power, he knows how to handle power. That's why sometimes vision takes so long. Because if God, you know, I know now as a pastor, there are things I used to pray for. God, give me a big church, you know. And I'm still, I'm just one year in the ministry. Give me a big church, mega church. I say it, I believe it, I claim it, I frame it, amen. <laughs> and, 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 and the other people who were ready to prophesy, receive, big church, receive. I receive, then I, hey, I receive. I didn't know that a big church has lots of problems. Big problems. But what God wants to do is to slow down your rate of getting what you think you're ready for so that he can build you in the meantime all those detours. Even if we're not Osaboni, there are character building mechanisms. God is taking you to a school called Character Building 101. Come on, am I talking to people in the house? Am I talking to people in the house? <laughs> And when God begins to build your character, by the time you get what you thought, you even say to yourself, hey, that you slowed it down. I would not have been able to cope with this. Yeah? So vision unfolds. Tell your neighbor, vision unfolds. Tell the other neighbor. 
Tell the other neighbor. Say this to them. Your vision will unfold as long as you don't press the pause button. So here we go. Vision becomes clearer as you walk in it. Therefore, refuse to be stuck. Hana, don't be stuck. Vision, no matter how great, no matter how expansive, it will never be fulfilled if you don't start acting on it. But I'm hoping you are doing something about these notes that you are receiving, these preachings that you are receiving. I hope with every teaching you are receiving, it doesn't have to be many things. Like about one thing. Even if there can only be one area in your life this year where it changes permanently and you're no longer there. Oh, am I, am I talking to people? That doesn't have to be many things. This is what I learned years ago when God taught me this. God taught me, he said, Wasaki Musa, doesn't matter. Your first victory is your, the most important. In anything. Your first victory in anything is the most important. You know why? Because remember, when you're attempting something for the first time, there's a lot of voices that tell you it can't be done. And there are people who volunteer to be used by the enemy in your life. Not only that, your mind, your thinking, your background, sometimes your family members. That's what they told me when I got saved. Not in my home, but elsewhere. When I went into ministry at the age of 18, I said, hey, he said, come to me privately. The brother family members, don't you want to do something on the side so that you have something to fall back on? Already they have me falling even before I start. So, Basanana, your first, your first, your first project. Basanana, honestly, I just feel in my heart right now, some of you, you've never tasted victory in anything yet. In anything. In anything. Even with just discipline. Some of you, you've never been able to keep to the discipline that you, uh, you said you'll do in a year. You, you, you wrote New Year resolutions. Even if you're a discipline fellow, A1, I'll go to church regularly. Just that one. May this year be that year. Yeah. Are you there, Basala? Just the discipline. Look at your neighbor I'm not talking about big things here. Just the discipline to read the Bible. Just to read the Bible for 15 minutes regularly. Just the discipline to pray in Jaina. Just pray for 15 minutes. But that first victory. I learned that. I learned that. That your first victory is the most important but the most difficult. Because you are at your weakest moment you are dealing with so many voices, so many situations. But here's the nice thing. The minute you win once, winning is addictive. Huh? 
the, 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 the minute you win once, you end up having a voice in here. When you want to give up a voice in your eyes, don't give up. You remember, you remember, you remember, you remember, you remember. Oh, I see you having your first victory this year. God told me, says, God told me, says, the minute you can build the first church, you'll see what's going to happen with finances in the church. And here it is. We build the first church. We've bought many churches. We're going to build more churches this year. And building is no longer an issue. Yeah, thank you, my brother. Because I know you're going to give us a million rands. So I'm not saying it's not difficult. I'm just saying my approach is not from fear anymore. My approach is from possibility thinking anymore. Because I'm always saying, if God could help us, God will help us with this one. I see God helping you in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Vision requires a passionate, relentless pursuit for its fulfillment. Why? Because it never becomes a reality without action. Just like the best way to know a route as a driver is to drive. The best way to fulfill vision is to start living it out. I said to them in the first service, my bishop and I, when we travel to places, we, we like to, to experiment we, and, 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 and use public transport in the place, in the area. We don't go for the limousines, special delivery, no. We, we go into the buses and the taxis and the trotros and the public transport to go to places. And we get lost a bit. First day, second day, matter third day, we can become consultants of the shortest route. Because as we get lost, we learn. Ah, that's a powerful point. Yeah. The only way to know a route is to get onto it. Now, these days we have many apps that help us. We've got Waze, we've got Google Maps, and Siri Wabua. Runaina time, we never even used to use Siri. You just get out and just go. And they give you those directions when you're going to Swaziland. They say, no, when you cross the border, after the border, you will see there's a big tree on the left. <laughs> there's no Siri. There's ten right there. So we went there, Lima Bishop. I was going to preach at a women's conference there in Babani. Before we crossed the border, there was mist. Ten kilometers from the border, mist. Everywhere into Swaziland, mist. And so the tree on the left... Yes, we got lost. Couldn't see where we were going. We finally got there. But I found out, when you get lost, it might seem negative, but it's good. You, you discover other things. You know, you know, you know when, when, when we play golf, I always laugh, you know. There, there are some of you who are good golfers. Your, your ball is always on the fairway. Some of us, our ball is a satini. It's... it's it's in the trees. I was telling one pastor, Kira, no, you, misinter you misinterpreted me when I said you must go and manage one of our branches. Because your ball is always in the branches. You are a branch manager. <laughs> but when your ball goes everywhere, you also start finding the balls of the other people. <laughs> so even if, you, even if you're going everywhere, at least the extra incentive is you find other people's balls. If you're on the fairway, there's no other balls there. You know, you don't pick up lost balls. So even if you're going there, it might be a problem. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm talking to somebody whose life is going everywhere. 
You have a vision, you have a mission, things are not working. They've pulled out funding. Your joint venture is not working. They've left you. They've just increased the rent where you are renting. All kinds of things are happening. You just got retrenched. You thought you were going to use some of that money. All of those detours. Don't press the pause button. Don't press the pause button. Vision never becomes a reality like without action. Just like the best way to know a route as a driver is to drive. I want to close in the next five minutes. Don't be passive. God doesn't want us to merely sit around and wait passively for the future. Too many people are like that. You know, I find in our nation right now, there's a lot of passive people. It's like we have abandoned this nation to a few influential people. No, I'm not going to agree. I'm not talking about political alignment because the issue of water coming out of the tap has got nothing to do with what political party you belong to. It's got nothing to do with it. The issue of our kids becoming pregnant out of wedlock at the age of 14 has got nothing to do with a political party. But why is it that we have become passive and Christians won't do anything? That's what we want to inspire through the Soweto Ministers Fraternal. To say we can't afford to be passive. Barcelona, let me tell you, anywhere in the world, I mean now the Chinese on Anung, they had to lift up, lift up the, the ban that the heavy, heavy restrictions because of COVID. Why? Not because of legislation in parliament or politicians, no, because of the ground swell of the civilians. When people in a nation saying enough is enough, like my grandmother used to say, and I kind of feel that as civilians in this country, we've allowed the spirit of passivity to be on us. And we are allowing some of these leaders of ours to do whatever they like. Oh, come on now, come on now, come on now. It's about time. I said it's about time. We get into action mode. I'm so inspired by the young people in Pinville. The many initiatives that are here. Now I'm being honest. I, I, I found that out in December. I wasn't aware of it. So many initiatives in Pinville. Young people getting up, doing something for their community. They're not waiting for government. They're not asking for grants. And they are collaborating across political spectrums. They are collaborating across denominations. It doesn't matter. They are visionaries. Oh, I don't know. I hope you're all visionaries in the house. Let's not allow ourselves. But people without vision. They merely sit around, wait passively. Jump into your car called vision and drive. Why? Because when you drive a car, there are several glasses that are critical. I learned this from Bishop Ulma. When you drive your car, and let's call this car of yours vision because you're going somewhere. There are several glasses that are important. It's the glass in front of you called the windscreen. But you also have glasses on the side. The side windows and side mirrors. But then you have another glass which is at the center of your car at the top called the rear view mirror. Watch this, Basalan. Through the rear view mirror, you can see where you are coming from. 
So as you drive this car called vision, if you keep your eyes too much on the rear view mirror, you'll continue to see your failures, your defeats, and your excuses, which are supposed to be things that you have passed from. They happened, Mara, they are not you. They are just things that happened. The side windows, as much as they are important for you to look on the side windows, but you know you can't stay whilst you are driving this way because you are going to crash. The focus is in the front. In other words, don't allow yourself to be distracted. As you are driving this car called vision, there are many distractions. There are other things that will call for your attention, call for your time, call for your energy, call for your finances. Keep your eyes. The windscreen is what shows you where you are going. Yeah, you are not there yet. I haven't arrived yet. That's where I'm going. And as long as I keep my eyes, yes, I will look at the rear view mirror and I will learn from my past. I will look on the side and I will not allow myself to be distracted and I will not allow myself to bump into things that you didn't But I'm going to keep my eyes right in front because that is where I am going. Because this car called vision becomes a bridge between the present and the future. And anytime God wants to do anything new in anybody's life, he gives them vision. To Abraham in Genesis 13, he says, lift up your eyes and look. And God gave him vision. Therefore, don't focus on the rear view mirror. Don't focus on the side windows. Focus on the mirror before you. Why? Because God says in Isaiah 43, 19, Behold, I will do a new thing. He says, Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So as I close, I want to ask you a question. Are you ready for the future? Let me ask you that question again because you are not convincing. Are you ready for the future? Paul says, I am reaching forth. I am stretching. I am striving. I am struggling to apprehend what Christ has apprehended for me. Let me ask you a question again. Are you ready to see the video of your life unfold? Are you ready to see God's vision for your life unfold? Therefore, learn the following things. Listen to the whispers of the Holy Spirit when he encourages you. Write down what the Holy Spirit tells you. Obey his instructions and get into action mode. Be persistent to see the vision through. And when everything is said and done, you've got to lift up your hands and give honor and glory to God. Because it is only by the grace of God. I prophesy over somebody today, 2023 is going to be a different year for you. You see, some people are still sleeping. Let me say that again. I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus. 2023 is going to be a different year for you. Why? Because in this year, you are jumping into your car called vision. And you are going to start driving. And the more you drive, is the better you will be at it. The more you will know the road. It is the more the vision unfolds. And there is no weapon formed against you that is going to prosper. Give the Lord a powerful hand of praise if you believe. Let's stand on our feet everywhere, please. Raise your hands and say this with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, 
Thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light on my path. It's the entrance thereof that gives life and understanding to the simple. Thank you for setting my heart on fire with vision. This year, I will pursue God's vision for my life. And so as I lift up my voice, ignite my spirit, I pray. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, somebody. Father, I leave the past behind. I turn my back on setbacks. I say no to things that are trying to hold me hostage. Even the failures of yesterday, I walk away from them. There's no failure that defines who I am. It's just a season that I'm going through. You promised that you'll be with me until the end of the age. Pray in the Holy Ghost, somebody. Hallelujah, Seman Ungrush. Enamanun Sebrekatala Mayan. Mongrezi Gazia Soso. Rabalaman Ingress Kurjele Mayle. Garia Nema. Trabalamanokas. Keep on praying. Agria Nonsen. Jimrinili Sivreve. Rabba Baba Gura Madusela. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And as you do so, join hands with your neighbor. And follow me in the prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Everybody, Heavenly Father. Everybody pray. Heavenly Father. I hold the hand of a visionary. Someone in whose life you have poured vision. As I hold their hand, I pray that you will ignite that vision. I pray that your grace and your mercy will rest upon them right now. We're going to pray for them right now in Jesus' name as you hold your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ramandoria Secata. Oh, Zebresokoro Dai. Alleluia Sialust. Yes, Kemani Alodosoko. Thank you, Jesus. Yegaria Socorodos. Ah, Lamanelist. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Please remain standing. You, you can let go of your neighbor's hands and just bow your heads and your eyes closed and remain standing. In a service like this, we get the golden opportunity to start our lives again. With what we've heard today, what an opportunity. 
to say, you know what, God, I was going the wrong way. But with what I've heard today, I really want to take ownership of my life. I'm tired of going in the wrong direction. I'm tired of being a victim of circumstances. I'm tired as well of running away from you, Jesus. I want to give you my life, God. I want to give you my life that I can start all over again. Maybe you never received Christ in your life. Today is the opportunity to do so. Maybe you didn't receive Christ, but you didn't live up to the standard that God wants. Whatever your need is, whatever area you need prayer in, I want to pray with you this morning because that's why we are here. This is a place where God traffics in the life-changing power of the Holy Spirit. This is a place where we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ knowing fully well that it is the power of God unto salvation. It takes the gospel to turn a life around. It takes the gospel to change the destiny of a family lineage. It takes the gospel to yank us out of sinful behavior and wrongdoing. It takes the gospel to realign our life and put us on a path that is totally different. Our heads bowed, please. Our eyes closed, nobody moving around. If you're here and you say, you know what, Bishop? I really need prayer. I really need prayer. I really need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus in my heart. I need God's intervention in the things of my life. Would you please pray for me? If that is you and you need prayer, I really would love to pray with you. Just raise up your hand if that is you because I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand up if you are in need of prayer. Right where you are, just raise it high. Let me see it. Don't be afraid. Thank you for those hands. Raise it high. That's right. That's what we do here. That's why we're here. We're here because we know that God is able to change our lives. Thank you for those hands that have been raised. I want to pray for every one of you who's raised their hands. I want to invite you, therefore, even those of you who are in the foyer, if you could just walk from where you are, take all your belongings and walk to the front. If you are in the youth hall, walk to the front of that hall. If you are in Kabecha, there are people in front there, just walk to the front of that building. So all of you who raised your hands, take your belongings, walk all the way to the front. Come, let's pray together.